1: Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is
2: God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? Did really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve
3: from apes?
2: For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible.
3: Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Al Johnson, and our producer, Ed Salisdell, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. For some time, we've been talking about global warming, climate change, and our concern for the environment. Carl, you had an interesting note about what they used to say or what was said at one time about carbon emissions. Well, I remember clearly in the 70s, when I was in medical school,
2: we read articles about the ice age is coming. The ice age is coming. We need to do something quick. And in fact, in the 1890s to 1910 timeframe, there was a movement going where scientists were concerned about the coming ice age and therefore we should do all we could to increase the amount of CO2 we produce, increase the greenhouse gases, and therefore save the planet. So, does that sound familiar in a reverse kind of way?
3: It is the reverse. And there's two things. I'll lead this in with Al. One, we've already discussed in a previous program that actually it doesn't look like CO2 emissions cause global warming, but they follow warming events. So, that wouldn't have worked. It showed our misunderstanding of the whole environment, of the whole atmosphere. But, Al, it also shows that, well, we were on that bandwagon then, we're on this bandwagon now, and it doesn't seem to be tied to good science. You've got some good science. What have you got?
4: Well, Anthony Watts, who is at this time, 10 years ago, he was a 25-year veteran. So he's now a 35-year veteran of climate change and weather reporting. And he's put together a couple of organizations and he's put a website together called What's Up With That. So in 2009, he was looking at the temperature record. This is mandated by the government. We report temperature and we have very elaborate sensing devices to report this. Some of it's now automated but in many cases, it's, it requires a human to go out there and mark down the temperature at certain times, diurnal variation, day. But the problem is half the data is missing on these reporting sites. Well, how do you fix that? Who done took it? Well, we fix it by making some averages and getting it filled in there. Well, good. How's that? <laughs> these are in their own estimations. Okay, the U.S., 9 out of 10 of these stations fail to meet the National Weather Service's own siting requirements. They're in bad places. It's like putting your temperature sensing device on the Mac In the sunlight, yes. on the parking lot where you've got radiative heat from the sunlight. Come on now. Third graders know better than that. Mm-hmm. But this is their own sighting. This is their stuff. And they say, okay, I've got five different levels. One through five, about the best. Well, 90% of them don't meet that. So if you're going to tell me about all of this temperature rise that you've filled in the data to change stuff in the past to make the angle percent better, now look at how For terrible it's going to be. Your graph is now look at how fast the temperature is rising. It's just not true. You're talking about manufactured data. Manufactured data all the time. You're changing history by removing things that make this pause go away. Let's get that pause to go away, but we'll remove some data over here.
1: It reminds me of how they'll have some fossil fragments and fill in the rest to come up with whatever ape-like ancestor they want to come up with. Yeah,
3: so there is some correlation to that. Uh, what else you got?
4: Well, more recently, 2012, now we're, my last one was 29, three years later, we got a, sorry, global warming alarmists, the Earth is cooling. When did you hear that last? I'm sorry, this is their stuff, this is not mine. I just used their stuff. Their data tells me that, Global temperatures have already been declining for more than 10 years. This was in May of 20 You're not hearing
3: that in the public.
4: I uh, certainly not. But all I have to do is Google. I'm not a smart guy, but I know how to make the Google machine work. And then I go and look at the article and I read it and I find out who published it. This is in Forbes. Can't trust them, can you? Right, there's, <laughs> They're Koch brothers or something, I'm sure. Right. Okay. My point is, if it's in the press, it's either in favor of global warming or you don't see it. You have to really search and find it, and then when you find it, it's their data, but it's not publicized. So they're their own worst enemies, which is, say, with Henry Morris's book, that their words may be used against them. I just love that approach. Okay, this is what you said. What do you want to do with that? Because it bolsters my argument that this is all bogus. You painted yourself into the corner. I didn't. How do you want to get out? But nobody is there to confront them, just like our politicians are not confronted by reporters who have any brain cell activity to think and ask them a follow-up question. But you just lied to me. They don't follow up with the next question.
1: Thoughts, guys? Well, I think it's interesting that, and Bill Nye, the science guy, is one of many who come to mind. I think it's interesting that a lot of people that are really concerned about man-made global warming slash climate change are also Darwinist. And I always get back to the fact that they're very inconsistent in their thinking because if what they're saying were the case... That means we're just another animal engaged in a battle of survival. Well, we don't require an environmental impact statement from beavers before they build a dam, wondering what kind of impact they're going to have on the environment. We don't require a lion to go get a hunting permit to hunt zebra or put a limit on the number of zebra kills. We're not concerned about what animals are doing. So, if we're just another animal, why should we be concerned about what we're doing, what impact we're going to have on the environment? So, they're extremely inconsistent in their thinking. But
3: they're saying we're, we're manipulating the environment more than any other species on the planet. It shows
1: that we're different.
3: But the connections you're making are uh, ones we talk about a lot. We talk about them filling in data. You were talking about fossils in which we only find 20, 30, 40% finds, mm-hmm. and they fill it in with what they believe should be there. That goes along with the data averaging, et cetera, that Al was talking about. But also look at worldview. Worldview is if there is no God, if we are all there is, then we can destroy the planet and God won't even intervene. In fact, we weren't even given dominion over this planet. So we're the problem. And in fact, you have the nth degree of the green movement is what's the problem on this planet? Humans. Us. If you just get rid of us, the planet will be fine. <laughs> You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Al Johnson, and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to SABSA.org. That dot org. That's what Thanos did. He just kind of ripped half of people, so and there you go.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry to make any Avengers. In, those. in the movie Inconvenient Truth, Just look at some of the predictions made there that were outrageous such as there's going to be a 7-meter rise in the water level within 100 years, but government sources said maybe 40 centimeters in 100 years. And yet, not even that rate of rise has been seen. Even the government's prediction, the uh, so-called objective government data, has not been proven to be fact.
3: Now, in fairness to them, that was based on their perceived understanding of the environment, and the fact that it hasn't gone to 40 centimeters of sea level rise shows they didn't understand it. Go ahead.
2: Well, I think that you you look at several of the predictions that inconvenient truth had, and inconvenient lies would be a better term for the movie, (laughs) but the melting of snow on Kilimanjaro uh, was supposed to have happened as well. They predicted that. They didn't trust Europe to fall out. They thought that Africa would fall out first, which makes sense, I guess, for the south. But Kilimanjaro's snow did not change. As far as the CO2 is concerned, the ice core shows the lag in CO2 production for hundreds of years after that wasn't even reproducible information that they could find. And then that Hurricane Katrina was attributed to global warming. But this was just a one-off event. As
3: if we'd never had a hurricane that's before. That's right.
2: So, again, there's all sorts of predictions that Al Gore, in his wisdom, made
3: in his movie and uh, tried to scare the bejeebers out of the United States and the whole world. One of the things that really gets me about the inconvenient truth in Al Gore is this. In people's lives, we say, don't check what they say, see what they do. Mm -hmm. One of the best indicators you can find of how a person lives is by analyzing their checkbook. What do they spend money on? Do they give to the church? What are their priorities? Does anybody know anything about Al Gore's home?
4: I know a little bit about it.
3: Okay, what but, about Al Gore's home?
4: Well, it probably has at least ten times the average usage of energy than any other normal person. He has the, one of the biggest carbon footprints on the planet for an individual. That's just for his home. That's not talking about his personal jets and all the stuff that he flies around in, claiming that we should all be picking on Carl driving Priuses. But the point is, we can't change the environment. Hey, I guys got a like Prius, a, too. I know, but you don't tell me about it. <laughs> i just joking. But I, I wanted to get uh, back to another concept of, this is now new. Okay, mm-hmm. I've been reading in the past. This is within the last couple of days by Anthony Watts. And one of them says, fake climate science and scientists. So because you believe something doesn't make it true, but this has to do with this 97% of all of these. Climatologists. Climatologists, right. And so we've got people like Dr. Judith Curry. She was all in on this global warming. And she says that uh, politicians like Senator Elizabeth Warren use quote, air quotes, science, as a way of, quote, declaring belief in a proposition which is outside their knowledge and which they do not understand. The purpose of the trope is to bypass any meaningful discussion of these separate questions, rolling them all into one package deal and one political party ticket. So she hasn't come completely off the bandwagon, but she's looking at the political process and says, this this has nothing to do with reality. This is an agenda. And one party has jumped on this bandwagon, and we don't probably have time to get into all of the details about how the 97% is just absolutely bogus. But every day is a new day of uncovering more shenanigans on the part of the climate change bandwagon. Most recently, yesterday, big news verified by NOAA, that's the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Poor weather station sighting leads to artificial long-term warming. I breached that (laughs) earlier. But now... This is the government telling us that. Okay, I'm almost willing to believe you now.
3: (laughs) Folks, we want to conclude this with saying we do need to be concerned for our environment. We do need to be concerned about air quality, water quality, but we also need to be concerned about the data we're getting and whether or not we're part of a political agenda. And we ask you to pray about that and think about that. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe. You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salisville, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.